Chapter 9 The chit-chat faded until every cheek woman and spiffy man was studying me. Men wore black jackets over black dress shirts, women black dresses that clung to their bodies. Mom wasn't at the party yet. I pushed down my growing panic. Carper scanned my dress and nodded in approval. You look... like a cupcake? My pulse rose. Don't say sexy or I'll heave. Stunning. Gross. I held out the guitar. Um, where should I set this? He jolted from his stupor and snapped his finger. Jimmy approached, glanced at my dress, and made a face that told me he held back laughter. Great. I was a big bell, or southern bell, perhaps. With only hand signals from Carper, Jimmy leaned the guitar against a white grand piano where around twenty adults mingled. A woman laughed while leaning against a man who looked equally unsteady. A server stopped with a cart of empty glasses and half-full bottles. Wine? No, thank you. If Moon City allowed teens to kill each other, I supposed they wouldn't care if a seventeen-year-old drank. Still, I'd rather focus on walking without falling on my face. The crowd fell silent when Mom stepped into the room looking, well, stunning. Her makeup was natural and lovely, and her hair swirled into a smooth twist. A black dress fit snug around her slim figure and fanned out around her legs. The sleeves trailed down to her wrists. A beauty queen. Carper kissed her hand. Lovely as usual. Mom withdrew. I'm sure Monica is dying to share an evening with you. Carper and Mom glanced at the woman who I'd noticed leaning against the man and now was whispering in a different man's ear. Carper frowned. Let's eat. He directed us to a table long enough to fit the entire party. I sat to Carper's left and Mom to his right. Monica sat at the end of the table. Servers entered with trays in their hands. Saliva pooled in my mouth from the intoxicating smell. A server set a plate in front of me decorated with salad, pasta, meat, and little black things in the shape of pearls. Across from me, Mom bent her head in prayer. When Carper started eating, I hovered my hand over three forks. Mom lifted her head and picked up the first one to her left and used it for her salad. I picked up the middle fork and went straight for the meat. Tender, but too gamey. Bahar, Carper glanced at Mom. I see your daughter doesn't pray before her meals. Mom winced. You know as well as I do that Losaris on earth don't always practice the holy words. Would all conversations involve everything I hadn't experienced in life because Mom wasn't around? I picked at the little black squishy things with a spoon. It's caviar, Peril, Mom said. Wasn't that fish? I lowered my spoon and took another bite of the meat. I'm guessing your daughter also never heard that Losaris don't eat camel. I stopped mid-chew, gagged, and spit it into my napkin. Maybe I was eating the hump. A flush crept along Mom's cheeks as she took a sip of her wine. I'm guessing, Carper, that you never learned that either. Wait, was Mom saying that Carper was also Losari? Getting a little snarky, are we? Carper asked. I'm only matching the cards you're laying down. Mom rubbed her napkin across her lips as if they needed a deep scrubbing. Are you challenging me? Carper asked. I don't know. Am I? 
Carper's fist thumped on the table and silenced the room. Mom, hadn't she learned not to make the hot-tempered man angry? It hadn't taken me long at all to learn that. Carper stood and pointed to the door. Out. Mom placed her napkin on the table and stood. A cold sensation iced my body. Wait! Let her stay, please! I'll play my guitar! Mom looked between me and Carper, who sat back into his chair. Everyone at the table was silent, as if anticipating Carper's next move. At the lift of Carper's empty wine glass, a woman filled it a quarter full. Taking a sip, he lifted his glass again. The woman filled it to the rim. Carper's wine sloshed over his glass and onto his hand, and still he sat in a daze. If it's okay with you, Carper, I said. Fine. All eyes glued onto me and Mom as we walked toward the guitar. Halfway there, I tripped over my dress. The party gasped. I caught myself and waved. I'm okay. I smiled and turned around to let out a grunt. It figured the don't-look-at-me sort of girl had to be the center of attention. You're doing great, Mom said. I leaned closer to her. What was that? With Carper. Mom put a hand on my back. Just play. I picked up the guitar. Jimmy sat out a chair for me that faced the party. When I sat, my dress puffed up. The guitar in the lap settled down the material. I strummed. Wrong frets. Sorry, I said to my audience, and squirmed in the chair until I was more comfortable. Is this dress made of steel? They laughed. Just take it off, the swaying man said. My face heated. We all know you're good at that, another man said. The men roared with laughter. Were they referring to when I'd taken off my outer shirt by the tree yesterday? Ignore them, Mom said. They're drunk. I sat up straighter and strummed. Much better. Although, I picked with my fingers a bluesy tune. Holding a guitar is a heck of a lot easier than holding a stick. They laughed harder. Jimmy gave me a thumbs up. Carper perked, leaned back in his chair, and crossed his arms. A wide smile fastened. I had their full attention. Closing my eyes, I breathed out long and steady. I'm running after you, I sang. The room faded from view, and a bright blue color flew into focus. When I stopped strumming the guitar, the room blinked back, the audience waiting. Jimmy nodded. A vision. Mom stood against the wall nearby, her face contorted like she might cry. Carper leaned forward and clutched the feather from around his neck, appearing eager for more. I played another chord, closed my eyes, and sang. Won't let any fear in my way. The same bright blue color appeared on the back of my closed eyelids. It was like I was in a 4D theater with screens below, above, and around me. I stood on a floor that was also blue. Although I still played and sang, I had shut out all sounds. My mind separated from my body like I was in two places at once. My fingers still strummed the guitar, but in my head, I reached out and let the breeze blow against my fingers. A white cloud appeared from the right and drifted by. I touched it. Wet. An eagle flew across the sky. When a feather fell on my face, I caught it and let the silk-like texture glide against my thumb. 
My voice projected, and I wondered if Dad could hear it as he watched another sky from the kitchen window. I'm running after you, I sang. The blue beneath me turned to dirt. Tall grass surrounded me. In a rumble, Moon City rose. The wall loomed above, blocking the eagle, the clouds, the sky. I ran faster and faster until I was half running and half flying. Wings from my back stretched long and wide. Coming home, I sang. Out from the ground, an army of people young and old marched in silence. They ran until they too were half running and half flying. Wings grew on their backs. We flew around Moon City seven times. The people shouted. The wall trembled. The notes that I sang rang out pure and long and with passion. Arrows from the wall rained on our heads. When arrows hit the people, they faded into the ground until the only one left was me. The wall stopped its trembling. My wings faded and the eagle flew away. The blue sky surrounded me once again with silence. A still, small voice spoke under my wings. Was that Elohim? The vision turned black. I sang the last two notes like someone who just stepped off a train to return from a long journey, quietly, with an ache, with relief. Come in, home. I blinked and opened my eyes, the room slowly coming into focus. The once vivid lights overhead appeared dim compared to the blue in the vision. I wanted to go back to that place, to feel warmth and protection, to know that everything was how it was supposed to be, at peace. But there in Carper's mansion was the familiar fear, pulsing in my head, squeezing out my oxygen. Walls felt tighter, closer. Applause rippling through the room startled me to my feet. Blank faces in the audience made me wonder if anyone else had experienced the same power I had. Mom approached me and leaned close to my ear. I saw the vision, and so did Carper. When I turned my direction toward Carper, I met his fierce eyes staring me down.